I repeat, I'm not accepting any sadness, any grief, any shame, maybe anger sometimes because it's a form of empowerment from powerlessness and fear, which is the lowest vibration on this planet. And if you look at Abraham Hicks's or any psychoanalytical emotional scale and um, any, any lingering in one's uh, abandonment of thyself of oneself I'm not accepting any of this anymore I want to feel good and uh, I'm going to chase that and follow it and guess what the more you do it the more you actually end up um, living your literal follow your joy life or you, you know, you, you follow whatever makes you feel better, whatever makes you feel better, gives you joy, then you follow your joy, it's very simple, and that's it, and that's the, that's, that's, that's the game to play, reality is not past or present or future, reality is Because reality is not someone else's opinion on reality. Reality is not your opinion on reality. Reality is... Maybe it's a prompter. Reality is not a measure of, as humans are a measure between birth and death, or uh, a temporary stage between one and the other. Yeah, and uh, the reason why animals uh, seem much more, uh, intelligent and alert and focused than humans is because they are constantly focused on their breathing and animals, uh, don't think that they have to deserve something. They, they, it's, it's inherent. They don't question it. It's just like, uh, with newborn babies, newborn babies don't think they have to deserve their mother's milk. They just are, they ask for it. It's only later that they, they are taught to think and to believe that they don't.
Reminder, you don't have to be stressed or busy to be important or to seem important or uh, to uh, find some value within yourself in the world uh, so that somehow you feel like you once, once belong somewhere in this world. Anorexia, anorexia, I have something to say because I'm feeling some type of way. What if you did recover? What if you had treasured memories of traveling the world, watching your children grow and pursuing lifelong friendships? What if instead of being composed of pictures of mediocre meals and body skill checks, your camera roll depicted the smiles on your family's faces, depictions of dreams brought into fruition and a life well lived? What if it was worth it? What if you woke up? Or what if you wake up in 50 years and you're recovered? Do you honestly think you'd regret it? Wouldn't you so desperately thank your past self for having fought the treacherous battle and recovered? What part of you thinks your 50-year-old self is going to wish they'd have postponed recovery or never recovered at all? I don't think such a part will exist. What if you did recover? What if you woke up in 50 years after having chosen recovery now? What if the temporary pain you endured now saved you from a much greater, much more long-standing, potentially permanent pain? What if you went to sleep at night physically and emotionally satisfied, not thinking, dreaming and longing for food? What if you had a partner and a family? What if on your wedding day you had zero anxiety around eating the cake? What if you could wake up and make pancakes and eat with your kids without a second thought? What if you didn't have to alter your schedule to suit endless appointments? What if you didn't have to spend hours scrolling through pictures of food and body checks to satisfy mental hunger and seek motivation to keep starving yourself? What if you didn't recover? What if you still spent your days filling empty hours avoiding eating by excessively busying yourself with mindless tasks? What if you watched your friends grow up and get married, have a family, have a career and live life while you remained in a disordered treatment cycle, in and out of hospital to no avail- availability? What if your schedule was still dominated by appointments and your weekly weigh-in remained completely dictated your mood and behaviour? What if your Instagram bio was still oriented around your LW and how many times you'd been impatient? 
What if you still took supplement drinks to dinner parties? What if you still woke up with the same objective, shrink into oblivion? What if your decision to delay recovery now resulted in spending a lifetime as a slave? What if you didn't recover? What if you woke up in 50 years and nothing had changed? What if instead of photos of experiences, body checks still dominated your camera roll? What if you still dedicated your days to eating as little as possible? What if you missed more milestones? What if you still had food you feared beyond belief and all-consuming movement compulsions? What if instead of children you had osteoporosis? What if years of, dis years of disorder-induced isolation led to existential loneliness? What if you still had to track every calorie that passed your lips and compensate for the ones that weren't approved? What if you still spent your day micro-exercising and avoiding rest? What if you'd spent 30 years worth, worth of birthdays eating fruit instead of cake, convincing yourself it was your honest preference? No size fits all. So I spend most of my day trying to get rid of it. Trying to get rid of this um, crippling, uh, uh, living a, a life of its own thing within me that doesn't really control me, but also controls me. Because I become aware of it when I'm overwhelmed by its control. And then I have a moment, a brief moment of uh, uh, awakening and silence, which is where the crack between the thoughts that are uh, uh, created, that created, um, and in this kind of, it's what Alan Watts talks about, in this spontaneous occurrence of uh, quiet, that's where, I guess, uh, you stop it. 
you stop it, you stop the noise, the white noise, so yeah, um, how do I, how do we get rid of it, you can't, and, um, even uh, becoming aware of the fact that I can't really get rid of it, it's still, I still spend the rest of my days, I'm spending the rest of my life trying to do so, because it's painful, so then I'm uh, moving, I'm not really getting anywhere, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> I'm running on a treadmill knowing and being conscious of the fact that I am but I'm still doing it so then how do I stop I don't know and then awareness is aware of uh, uh, the fact that myself doesn't know and then it just <laughs> And then, I, and then, uh, you know, I, I feel, I feel, I feel like, um, you know, I should just give it a rest. But then, I can't because I am it. So then, what does one do? How do you live then? And. Um, normally um, if one cannot and does not understand uh, how to do this process because again they're trying to understand it within their own with their mind which is not possible because the mind um, what it wants to do it wants to keep itself safe um, and it wants to continue it's like an organism so imagine like a parasite that wants to continue living, and um, um, but um, this kind of a very uh, uh, fierce, gracious presence uh, occurs in moments of danger. So uh, you know, so when just just before someone gets themselves into a car accident, they have these brief moments before it happens when the uh, a mind chases to exist. And um, um, they uh, they become they become fully present in the present moment with what's happening. It's because it's kind of like they're forced into presence. Um, um, and uh, yeah, so things like a car accident or uh, a threat, uh, external threat, or yeah. Um, and uh, we don't the thing about spiritual teachers and what they teach they teach the fact that we don't really so they don't really want people to get to that in order for them to uh, create um, this uh, this presence within and uh, you know surrender to this presence within so um that's why we have teachers like Eckhart Tolle and Abraham Hicks. They all talk about the same thing. They talk about nothing. They talk about everything and nothing. And the nothingness is the presence or the stillness within, which can be found in nature as well. It's just a no mind attitude. Mm. 
where you you're not labeling you're not judging you're well and then one might say well, how i'm constantly constantly thinking thought so then what i tend to advise is instead of believing these thoughts just observe them as a third party observer or focus on external uh, noises in in your environment like someone i don't know like the train like um in the distance or um so there are a few kind of open doors to access that so you either become the observer of your thoughts you focus on your breath um you could actually even count breathing in and breathing out um or you focus on the external on the external noises when you if i don't know if anyone has experienced this but when you're trapped in your own head you can't even hear external noises around you so this is another way to surrender to yourself and others I'll tell you why I don't want to have children or babies because honey if you have a baby you can't be the baby Oh, thank God I never did that or ever planned for it or ever anticipated or projected it in the future and uh, tried for it in the present moment because everything is working out and I'm the best at whatever I can do and whatever I can be because I'm not doing it. Does that make sense? Because all my energy is wired and uh, developed uh, and uh, channeled into not having children that's why i'm the best at whatever i do in a day you know and people say to me oh wow uh you know oh no you know people uh, again as same with when i say that i have anorexia you know people need to stop saying things like oh you will oh you will change your mind Oh, you know, oh yeah, you know, th- things change. Opinions change. Beliefs change. No. If I to tell you that I'm not going to have children, it means I've I've I'm already decided I've already decided that I I am not. Um and uh, you have no right as a second to third party person, individual to uh impose and dictate that i should because society says that uh, uh uh females are only to be valued if if they you know so uh i i yeah i need uh 
society to stop objectifying women by saying that their uh, uh, reproductive system is only good for that. My thing. Again, I disagree because I love babies. Okay. And whenever a baby comes to the angry, you like the photo up. First thing I say is, can I hold the baby? Why? They're just weird. It's so like a puppy. But it's a human. You want to hold the weird thing. They're, they're mushy. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, I'll explain why they're mushy. They are mushy because when children are born, and, and that, that's the rule for any child, any newborn, any infant, they are innocent they haven't been indoctrinated yet to a form uh, uh, vibrationally uh, resistant beliefs within their body which uh, harm them in the long term you know so they are loose and you know and they they don't it's almost like they're slippery because physically and emotionally because of it which uh, is ideal Again, I said this before, children do not think that they're not worthy or they don't question their worthiness of receiving their mother's milk. They don't ask, mother, am I worthy to receive your milk at five o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock in the morning? No, no child, no newborn, no infant uh, questions that. They already are. Why would you bring something, such a concept in society uh, 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 as fake, the, the fake baby concept? Why would you care for a fake baby? Why would you pretend that you need to develop skills to help and save and uh, uh, bring up and raise a fake baby? If, uh, honey, darling, if you don't have the skills, uh don't if you don't okay so this is how i know someone shouldn't have babies if you have to adopt a fake baby to walk around with it or him she they uh and pretend like they're real then you shouldn't have babies then let me let me just say that okay okay So alcohol and football go hand in hand. In order for someone to continue drinking their entire life for the rest of their flipping life and to continue drinking themselves out, you know, into uh, uh, Ill, maybe Ill, illness, death, they have to watch football because what football does it, uh, uh, it justifies it. So, um, yeah, um, instead of just going into therapy and uh, dealing with their drinking problem, uh, you know, they're choosing to continue encouraging it and glorify it. And I'm not here for it. I don't care for it. I don't give a shit. I would rather watch tennis or baseball or swimming or sprint or, yeah. And um, that's it. Um, rather than drink, watch football and uh, engage in domestic violence. What the fuck is going on in here on this day? Gundyr Let me just tell you this. Suicide is, is not nicer than what you are feeling. 
when you think about suicide. The act of committing suicide, suicide or attempting is not going to make you feel better. It's going to immobilize you and potentially paralyze you. And, you know, that's not to invalidate how one feels. Now, I understand that people um, uh, idealize it in order to feel some sort of relief. But when you have thought about it long enough and you have the momentum, as Abraham Hicks says, you know, the momentum going, then you might potentially turn it, you know, from a thought into uh, an action, uh, which, again, uh, I, I, it might injure and harm you, uh, uh, you know, permanently. And then what? What are you going to do if, if that happens? Um, so, yeah, uh, it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's quite complicated. Emotions can um, develop into something um, very hard and very difficult to deal with. But the act of doing it and the act, because attempting suicide is, is an act of self-harm. And nothing good, I'm going to tell you right now, nothing good can, can come out of it. It's good, but I don't want to fuck her. <laughs> it was inverted in Calabasas. Put it in the vault. I do one half on Tuesdays, the other half on Thursdays. Was he fucking you, Father? I'll never tell, Father. I drove a white Buick LeSabre convertible. Yeah. And um, and I always was like, like a little bit too into beer pong. Yeah, totally. <laughs> time after time. Yeah. When you're lost, you, you can look. look. You will find me. Yeah. Time after time. Yeah. Merry Christmas time. Happy, Happy holidays. Which a woman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a horse tail. Violence is the key. And don't lie about plastic surgery, you know, um, and what do you mean? I just got a tan. No, bitch, your nose is a different shape. Then they say, but however, there's no point just in sustaining bliss. Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. Or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. 
But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? And then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today. That would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have, of playing that you weren't God. Because the whole nature of the Godhead, according to this idea, is to play that he's not. The first thing he says to himself is, man, get lost. Because he gives himself away. The nature of love is self-abandonment, not clinging to oneself, throwing yourself out as in, for example, in basketball, you're always getting rid of the ball. You say to the other fellow, have a ball. See? And uh, that, that keeps things moving. That's the nature of life. So in this idea then, everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality. Not God in a politically kingly sense, but God in the sense of being the self, the deep down, basic, whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. And it's perfectly okay to pretend you're not, to be absolutely convinced, because this is the whole notion of drama. When you come into the theater, there is a proscenium arch and a stage, and down there is the audience. And everybody assumes their seats in the theater and uh, are going to see a comedy, a tragedy, a thriller, or whatever it is. And they all know as they come in and pay their admissions that what is going to happen on the stage is not for real. But the actors have a conspiracy against this because they're going to try and persuade the audience that what is happening on the stage is for real. They want to get everybody sitting on the edge of their chairs. They want to get you terrified or crying or laughing. Ab absolutely captivated by the drama. And if a skillful human actor can take in an audience and make people cry, think what the cosmic actor can do. Why, he can take himself in completely. He can play so much for real that he really believes it is. Like you sitting in this room, you think you're really here. Why, well, you've persuaded yourself that way. You've acted it so damn well that you know this is the real world. But you're playing it. Means mask. The persona, which is the mask worn by actors in Greco-Roman drama, because it has a megaphone-type mouth which throws the sound out in an open-air theater. So pair through sona, what the sound comes through, that's the mask. How to be a real person, how to be a genuine fake. A mask. So the dramatis personae at the beginning of a play is the list of masks that the actors will wear. And so in the course of forgetting that this, this life is a drama, the word for the role, the word for the mask has come to mean 
who you are genuinely, the person, the proper person. Incidentally, the word parson is derived from the word person. person of the village, person around town, the parson. Funny. So anyway then, this is the drama. I'm not trying to sell you on this idea in the sense of converting you to it. I want you to play with it. I want you to think of its possibilities. I'm not trying to prove it. I'm just putting it forward as a possibility of life to think about. So then, this means that you're not victims of a scheme of things, of a mechanical world, or of an autocratic god. The life you're living is what you put yourself into. Only you don't admit it, because you want to play the game that it's happened to you. In other words, I got mixed up in this world. My parents, I had a father who got hot pants over a girl and she was my mother and uh, because he got he was just a he was just a horny old man and as a result of that I got born and I blame him for it and say well that's your fault you've got to look after me and he says I don't see why I should look after you you're just a result <laughs> and, but let's suppose we admit that I really wanted to get born and that I was the ugly gleam in my father's eye when he approached my mother. That was me. I was desire. And I deliberately got involved. Look at it that way instead. And that even if I got myself into an awful mess, and I got born with syphilis and the great Siberian hitch and tuberculosis and uh, in the Nazi concentration camp, Nevertheless, this was a game which was a very far out play. It was a kind of cosmic masochism. But I did it. <laughs>